Hey guys, welcome back to Couple Goals with s &M. Episode 50. Nifty 50. United Did you just come States. up with that? Is that clever? The 13 original colonies. <laughs> Maggie wanted to do... I had a really good idea, you guys. So, actually, I had two really good ideas for this week. I shot them down, and I think you'll see why. So, Steve, friend of the show, was like, hey, what are you guys doing for the big 5-0? Which we didn't think was a, we didn't think this was a big deal. So, I don't think it's a big deal. Yeah, so we were like, nothing. Because who cares? And, and uh, he was like, oh. So, I was like, well, maybe we should do something. So, my first idea was... Let's do the 50 United States and we each we go back and forth and we each give a fact about the 50 United States. And Sean was like, fuck, no, nobody cares about that. Yeah, I, I said that it sounded like a third grade social studies project. So I I voted to spare you guys. You're welcome. For we just give a random fact. My other Rhode idea. Island. Rhode Island's. Tiny. Next. Hi, I'm in Delaware. Yeah. So my other idea, which I actually thought was really solid, is that we do a special episode where we pick a topic and we each take a side. I did not shoot that down. I we and just we neither one of us it. came up with a good idea. We did. We did. We should get a hedgehog. I'm the pro and you're against. Oh, pro and con against hedgehog. I didn't Getting I a thought hedgehog. when I that was my that was, that was my idea for that the hedgehog. That was your topic. But you you shot it down, so I I forgot. No, about I was it. like, we should get it, and that's my argument. You didn't give me any time to prep an argument against a hedgehog. I'm sure there's tons of cons, other than the fact that they're spiny. Then they're nocturnal. And they're nocturnal. Our dogs would get hurt trying to eat the hedgehog all the time. It feels like the dog's fault. That's not a con. That's the dog's fault. They need to learn. Yeah, but I, I anyway. So that was the. That's not a lesson I need my dogs to learn. In our house I don't know on that a daily that makes, basis. That doesn't really make good radio. <laughs> no. The, the hedgehog topic. The hedgehog argument. I think it would be, I thought it would have been a very funny episode. Maybe a different topic. I thought it would be funny if we had just seriously argued for about 45 minutes about getting a hedgehog. Getting a hedgehog. I think, I think it would have, I would have found it amusing because I like. I really want a hedgehog. I like non sequitur type stuff. And that's what that strikes me as. I really want a hedgehog. And then we can like feed them little fruit and watch them come out from the ball. And they're just like, wah! And then they stretch and they're so cute. And have you seen their little feetsies? <laughs> I shouldn't have sent you that video. This is my fault that we're even having talking about a hedgehog. It is your fault. <laughs> Good for you for noticing. Oh, or we could have spent a whole episode just talking about cute animal videos we've seen, but like then not linking to them <laughs> right. on Facebook. We'll just, just talk about them. Just describing them as best we can. Like, have you seen the one with the porcupine where he eats the banana, <laughs> the baby porcupine, and he's just like, <laughs> and then he's eating it. This is great radio. I know. It's great. That's. I thought so too. That was another idea I just had just now. So, yeah, 50th episode. It's not special because my special ideas, the 50 nifty United States or that was my other idea is one of us do facts about the 50 nifty United States and the other one does the 13 original colonies. <laughs> Again, social studies project. <laughs> no, thank you. No, I'd have no energy for that. I would bore myself to sleep halfway through the, the episode. Um, I don't no know. desire, no interest. I thought it was pretty solid. 
So who wants to go first? Do you want me to go first? Sure. Since I haven't in a while? Yeah. All right, hold on. Do you have a new story? No. Because remember, we were we had decided we were going to like... Oh, yeah, we got we got stuff. We're we going to do some housekeeping. So, yeah. Since I, I did have a new story, but I'm not going to do it. I was going to talk not about... Not going to do it. I was going to talk about these fucking MAGA teens. No, we're not going to do that. Native Americans. I'm not, we're not doing that. Yeah. We're not talking about that. No, no, no. You gonna sorry, sorry Siri. Serious. Go to sleep. <laughs> sleep. Couple goals. This is a threesome episode with us and Siri. Stop saying her name. Oh, uh, yeah. Especially since we have two iPads and two iPhones yeah, <laughs> sitting don't, here. Don't address her. So, yeah, we're trying to have a little bit more structure to our yes. life, and we we got to go the PBS route the NPR route and ask for ask for your support of our show we have a Patreon and for as little as one dollar a month <laughs> you can support this podcast and keep it keep it in existence for your entertainment okay so since Sean went like seriously full on PBS up over here so we have been forgetting for like 20 episodes now to mention <laughs> patreon and we do have a patreon page and it's linked at our website couplegoalspodcast.com you can find it we do outtakes for a dollar a month but then at five dollars you there's, actually we gotta be honest there's rarely any outtakes there's rarely any outtakes we we might throw one batch up a month but it's at five dollars a month you do get an extra episode a month yes so that's kind of where you're getting the quality yeah but the dollar a month just would it would just help support the the monthly fees that it takes for us to to host the podcast yeah so we're pay we pay for this um right now we do have we do have patrons we do have great friends of the show we love you guys so much and we do kick out the extra episode a month. So so thank you. Thank you so much. But but the the rest of it does come out of our pocket. So the balance is is paid for by us. And we do it just because we love you. And we're coming up on a year and two more episodes. It'll be maybe one. then we'll do something special. One year. Yeah. A couple goals. So we've we literally for like the last 20 episodes have forgotten to mention that we had that and actually one of our patrons mentioned like hey guys you never mentioned patreon like maybe you yes. should do that friend and of, we were of the like show, matt yeah friend of the show matt was like hey you never mentioned and we were like we should do that so we had committed to after we do our little intro to do housekeeping yeah. every week so here it is. Hello, housekeeping. Help we have keep Patreon goals ad free, <laughs> right? To keep it from adding in sponsors, which really all I have to do since I have a marketing company is start reaching out to sponsors, and I can get sponsors on here. So if you guys want to start hearing sponsors, I can get them. I just thought this would be easier. Is <laughs> is just have some Patreon stuff, and then we don't have to do that. But if you guys would rather. Do the other way, we can do that too. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter to me either way. So it feels very threatening. Oh, We're threatening people with commercials now. Oh no no. <laughs> like don't don't do that. <laughs> Sounds terrible. Well, well, we can get some commercials up in here. Is basically what you just said. Is we'll, we'll get some motherfucking commercials. And you'll sit through that shit. 
and you like, can hear about you want to hear stamps.com i'll get you some stamps.com <laughs> like you want to hear about talk space i'll get you some talk space ads some local plumbing company or something that's the kind of shit i would actually end up getting right. i'll be like hey you want to hear some local shit you want to hear about the place up at the corner that you don't even live around because you you're listening from canada <laughs> dude i'm looking at my ipad right now me too and it has organized mind. my photos for me and given it, it it's created folder names including one called four-legged friends over the years that's not a folder i created it's apparently identifies animals i've taken pictures of now and has put them in a folder i'm going to click on that i'm going to tap on that guy yeah these are uh these are pics of our dogs it knows our dogs knows what dog look at this picture though look how cute that is guys you should see this picture it's super cute sam and well, crowley that's, that's a picture i took oh i must have sent it to you and you must have yeah. saved it yeah so that's okay so this makes for some good radio look, look at this four-legged friends over the years i didn't create this folder oh it created that for look me. at that weird selfie you took where you pretended to be asleep <laughs> You might have taken that picture. Oh, that might have been a picture I took. <laughs> yeah, you, you, a that lot of these are pictures angle. that, yeah. So, um, good radio where we look at pictures and <laughs> talk about them without describing them in any way, I'm shape, or form. I'm just a little concerned about this whole creating full. It created a Warner Brothers studio one. It created I wouldn't Dis be Disneyland concerned. Resort, Cleveland 2016 2018, Manhattan. So, it's, yeah. I'm more concerned about the strange use of fonts and how it just alternates without any, yeah. any rhyme or reason. Yeah. And so anyway. all go together. What do you have for us this week, Meerkat Maggie? What does that mean? I just saw this picture of the Meerkat that I used to make that really poor Photoshop. Yeah. Your, oh, is that in your is that in your four-legged friends? It is not. <laughs> it's that'd a, be funny. It's a, it's a featured photo, however. It's That's like, you. we know you love, we know Meerkat you love Maggie. Meerkats. So, to celebrate 50 episodes. Okay. Are you going to tell us about the 50 states? Or are you just going to go full steam ahead with that? I'm going to tell you about Alaska. No, I'm just kidding. Um, or Hawaii or whatever the last state was to be added. I don't know. So, I'm going to tell you something that you guys need to stick with me for. Regardless of the fact that you might want to run away. Stop trying to look at my iPad from over there. I saw you. I do what I want. I'm going to tell you about the first serial killer. Jesus but, Christ. No, 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 no. I knew that's how you're going <laughs> to react. I knew that's how you're going to react. But listen, listen, listen. Was it Cain? Was that it? <laughs> no, it was God. No, anyway. <laughs> listen. Know, no. Serial killer or genocidal maniac? <laughs> no, but listen, listen. Yeah, he's more of a genocidal maniac. This isn't a Debbie Downer story. It, it's really, really old. It takes place during the Pax Romana. I don't know what that is. I've heard that. I don't know what that is. I'm, you know, I'm stupid. Go ahead and tell me what that is. When that was. I don't know what that was. Go, go for it. This takes place a couple of years after Jesus died. Okay. What's the Pax Romana? It was the golden age of Rome. The gold, okay. So it started like in like a couple of years BC and went to like 300 AD or 200 AD. Okay. Like so. So post Jesus is when we got our first serial killer. Just like. Interesting. 40 or so 50. Yeah, so they don't 80. count God then in the Old Testament at all. Yeah. That dude is crazy. So, so this takes place during Pax Romana. I mean, it is, 
It's some old timey shit, but not like old timey organ grinder, like hey, dancing monkey, like not that kind of old timey, which is like old, like Wild West. Yeah, I, I'm not picturing any dancing monkeys in old Rome. <laughs> that, that didn't come to mind at all. Well, when I say old timey, I always picture well, like Wild West, like player piano. Yeah, player we, piano, yeah. like like, like super old timey. But this is like old. This yeah, is, this is like this is like this is like different. Somebody old going around stabbing people with a spear. Yeah, this is like where my leaf's at. I need them for my head. <laughs> like that kind of old timey. So her name was Locusta. I'm not surprised it was a woman. That, that makes sense that a woman invented serial killing. She's the first serial killer. It makes she, total sense. Women invented serial killing. Yeah, so what's, as Liz Lemon would say, it, what's, what's the deal? How come there's so many, so, so few women on death row? Is it discrimination? What's going on there? She came from Gaul, which was an outer province of ancient Rome, which is now known as France. Okay. And she was trained in I used herbs. to read Asterix and Obelix. I know what you're talking about. Cool. You don't know what Asterix is? No. This is a comic book, comic series back in the day. Anyway, go on. <laughs> yeah, why would I get a comics reference? <laughs> I, I thought everybody knew Asterix and Obelix. You would think that. Trained in herbs, she mastered. The, trained she, in herbs. She was she trained in herbs. Is that like a herbalism? Place? Oh, okay. You know, like wow. I was like, I didn't know you trained in herbs. Like you know, you get two skills. Yeah. Like herbalism, and then normally you would also train in like potions. Yeah. <laughs> like if you trained in that. I didn't know what trained in herbs meant though. So she was she trained like, in what, herbs to, to and grow them to use them. What I don't know what yeah. that means. Well, it's actually very similar to wow. So she she was a shaman. She was like a Torin shaman. They're very good herbalists. Well, see, sort here's of druids, I think, too. Herbalism, yeah, in general, Torin go together. See, here's the thing, though. Herbalists, herbalists normally, like if we're talking about wow, herbalists are normally potion makers, right? Like those go together? Yeah. Well, listen to this. So she trained, she trained in herbs, right? And then she mastered the system of patronage. So back in Rome, I'm sure you know this. Because this is where patrons and patreons and all, all this whole thing. Patrons were like the people who would pay you. Like, this is where art came from. They would just pay you just to create your art. Well, yeah. she mastered the system of patronage with her herbs and her quote-unquote potions, which were actually poisons. Oh, so she was... And she became an orig the original assassin, but... At the time, it wasn't called an assassin. They were called, and this is the coolest fucking term, necro-entrepreneurs. That is cool. I want to be a necro-entrepreneur. <laughs> wow. What's that part of the, of, uh, shit. The it's the undead city or something in WoW that I'm thinking of. The undercity? In the undercity. There, what's that part of it, though? What do they call that where the potion makers and stuff are? Don't they have a name for that? It was like a, it was a cool name. You know what I'm talking about? I know where it is because I was a mage, so that's where yeah. I would always pour it into as a mage. That uh, all right? Go on. I'll Don't you fucking start googling stuff and showing me on your <laughs> iPad? Pay attention to my goddamn topic. I am. You're making me look stuff up. Anyway, so she was a necro entrepreneur, aka an assassin. She was like an alchemist, right? She was an alchemist. 
So she was an avid student of herbs and medicines, but because she liked the poisonous side of plants that she collected, she created toxins that would cripple and kill. Apothecarium. That's what I'm thinking of. The apothecarium. Yeah. Apothecary Larry. Except her name was Locusta. <laughs> so dueling and other forms of violent murder were considered uncivilized. So the Pax Romana was like a really great time. It was the golden age, right, of Rome? Yeah. So they didn't really have, they didn't have to enforce laws the way that they do in civilization now. It was, it was really like an anything goes kind of time. But because violent murder was like uncivilized, like we didn't do that now. During this time, poison was the go-to way of murder. Yeah. People weren't beyond murder. They were just busy trying to look like it was like everything was okay. <laughs> so it was 54 AD. Like Jesus had just died like 20 years before. Yeah. Like he was just like, just, just died. About 54 years before? Didn't he? He was born. I don't know. His, I thought, I thought AD that. started when he died or when he was born. Is that how it works? I don't, I don't know. know. What does AD stand for? BC is before Christ, right? Yeah, I, I don't know if that isn't there like Latin terms though. But I thought it that the is AD. <laughs> sure. I think so. Oh, are you looking that up now? Yeah. Anno Domini. Ah, I was right. The year Jesus That's what I said. Was, Jesus was born in. Yeah. And then yeah. he died at like 30. I always four, thought it was right? like after death, after Jesus no. died. No, I think no. so. So it, he died at how, how old? 34? He's like, yeah, 30 something. I thought he died at 34. So 54 is when is when she became like a social like ladder climber. Right. Yeah. So about 20 years after Jesus goes up on the cross and then like comes walking out and is like, I got better. Like after that. <laughs> Lacusta becomes like a venom mixer and is like, hey, guys, you, you don't like that guy? I got a little something for that. And she's all like opening up. Wait, her. so she sold this stuff? She didn't do it herself? No, she did it. Oh. She did it herself. And she was like, you don't like that guy? Like, I'll I can take care of that for you. So Rome was full of wealthy, like, you know, would be patrons. And they all hate their rich relatives because their rich relatives have all the money and if they die they'll leave it to them and whatever yes you know which okay so so these clients are all not only willing to hire her to kill their relatives but they're also willing to bail her out if she gets caught okay so she manages to escape justice and kill a bunch of people all over the all over the town it's a very interesting judicial system they had back then well, it's, no, pa it's Pax Romana. But, but no, there's no multiple offenders kind of thing. You can just no. keep getting out. This is back She's going to do it again. They're like, I know. Yeah, they're like, they're like, oh, we don't care. <laughs> so. Or they're just like, you promise not to do it again? She's like, I promise. And she so, invented finger crossing behind your back. And that's also something that she did. That was her. Yeah. Agrippina the Younger. She is the wife of Emperor... Claudius. I don't know why I had such a hard time with that. Claudius, 
so Agrippina the Younger, right? So we're going to call her Ag Agrippina. She wants to kill her husband because she wait, has... Wait, wait, the woman's name is Edgar? Like Edgar Sue a, Edgar? A, 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 Agrippina. Agrippina, okay. Like agriculture, Agrippina. Okay. So she's the wife of Claudius. He is the emperor. And she wants to kill her husband. So think like Cersei. Yeah. And she wants I, to kill... I understand the premise. So she wants to kill her husband because she has a son, Nero who is not Claudius's son. So again, think Cersei. Does, does he know that? Yes. Claudius knows that? Yeah. Okay. And she wants Nero to ascend to the throne. Surely we know who Nero is. Yeah. Okay. So she contacts Locusta for assistance. But the emperor knows that everyone's out to like... Of course, he's a fucking him. emperor. Right. Like... He's not got stupid. Food tasters and all that. He's kind of got stuff. food tasters. And he also is grotesque and a little <laughs> ghastly. And he likes to tickle his throat with a feather after he eats so he can vomit and then eat some more because he really that likes really to eat. That was really common in Rome. I thought that they was a thing. They had vomitoriums. And, yeah. Right. That was like a thing. So he. That kind of fucks up the whole poisoning thing, though, right? Like, it's hard to poison somebody who not only has taste testers eating your food first, but then you're also vomiting up your food. So even if you get past the taste right. tester, you're puking your shit up. Right. So, Locusta goes undercover. And she gets past the taste tester. You know, little lady ingenuity. Yeah. Gets past the taste tester. And she gets the emperor and she gives him some death cat mushrooms with poison. Asonite is the name of the poison. Okay. So the symptoms of the poisoning appears and Agrippina, who's in on it, obviously, because she's the one who paid for it, is like, oh, oh, no, let me help you. And she comes at him with her with his vomit feather. Yeah. But she's poisoned the tip of the vomit feather. Uh -huh. So what she does is she tickles the back of his throat with the poison uh -huh. and it makes him even sicker. So he calls the emperor's like, oh, you know, I, I, I'm dying. And he calls his personal physician, Xenophon. I don't know. So <laughs> I used to take Xenophon. Oh, so Xenophon. <laughs> Maybe you did, though, because, I mean, this is a physician's name. They might have been like, you know, what? that's like a good name for a medication. So twice a day would help keep the erections down. So, yeah, we're in my day. <laughs> so Xenophon had been bought off by Locusta. She's a fucking badass. OK. And. Shows up and is like. Oh, no, yeah, like, there's, let me cure you with this healing enema, because that's how we cure people in Jesus Rome. Christ. We give you enemas. But what Xenophon did was pumped more poison into the dude's butt. Yeah, I, I saw that coming. Yeah. So, Claudius died on October 13th. What a way to go. Like, ate poison, then had poison tickled all over his throat, and then had poison shoved up his butt. She so mm. at this point, Locusta should be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm doing good. Right. Because like the Empress of Rome 
loves me because, yeah. you know, I've been killing people all over town, but then I killed the emperor. So the empress loves me. And then everybody knows I'm so good at poisons because I poisoned the emperor. Yeah. But she's actually just really loves killing. Yeah. So in addition to being like a necro entrepreneur. Yeah. She just loves killing. So she's killing people for hobby in addition to for hire. And she gets caught being just a bit of a murderer <laughs> and gets thrown in jail just because she was doing it for fun. If she had just been doing it for hire, she would have been getting bailed out. Yeah. So in 55 AD, she gets thrown in jail and she was getting ready to be put to death. But Emperor Nero knew that he only had his title or whatever you want to call it uh, position because of her yeah so he stepped in and spared her mm. and because he was a conniving fuck he had his half he you know he spares her and he's like well now that i've done this for you and i know who you are i need you to kill my half brother britannicus which i feel like is why Encyclopedia Britannica is named that, but I don't know if that's true. Um, he's like, because he's still technically eligible for the throne if something happens to me. So he needs to go. Right. He needs to go. So I saved you. You kill Britannicus and then we'll be we'll be square. So unfortunately for Locusta, her first attempt to kill Britannicus fails miserably. Hmm. And Nero beats the shit out of Locusta. Mm. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Like, personally beats the shit out of her. Isn't like guards. Right. Like, so he beats the shit out of her. So Britann Britannicus only gets sick and he quickly recovers and Locusta's like, oh no, this will work. But because Britannicus knows that his father, the emperor who was murdered by her, yeah. was killed by poisoning, you know, like everyone kind of knew. Mm-hmm. He's like super fucking paranoid. Yeah. And he's like, no, it's like, you know, I'm not gonna. I have testers and I'm not. Everything's fine. So he's being real paranoid. Yeah. And uh, he's like super, super. He has taste testers. He had all his food and his drinks were tested ahead of time, which I didn't even think about drinks. Right. But the way that they drank wine back then is wine was hot. Hmm. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Like wine, I guess, was like super concentrated and then they would add hot water to it. Like that's how wine was served in Rome. Hmm. So Nero made a point. Do you imagine being a taste tester? No, that sucks. I would. That would oh, my God. Like you're like, I'm die today. See you later, maybes. I wish footage existed of taste testers, like how they actually looked while they did their job. When they're just pouring sweat. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I'm so nervous. Mud dies. So Nero. I got a job, Mom. What are you doing? Nero and Britannicus were, for the king. were like eating a meal together. So it gave Britannicus like a false sense of security. Yeah. And... The, the server obviously was in Locusta's pocket and made the wine too hot. Okay. So Britannicus was like, oh, can I have some cold water to go in my wine? 
and the poison was in the cold water. Mm. And Nero was like, what are you talking about? This wine's perfect. I love my my wine boiling hot. <laughs> and the cold water is what was poisoned and killed him. So here's where it gets nuts, though. So Britannicus fell to the floor writhing in pain, but he had epilepsy, which was common because of this imperial family was inbred. Yeah. So it was pretty common. And Nero forbade anyone from helping him because seizures pass in time. Yeah. So they don't, you know, they don't want anyone to do anything. So Britannicus, um, Britannicus, Britannicus, there's an apostrophe, guards took the young man back to his quarters and he was, you know, put in his bed where he died. Right. Because it was poisons. Nero was ecstatic, but Agrippina, that was her son, too. Oh, yeah, because it was Nero's half brother. Yeah. And Agrippina had nothing to do with this. Right. But she was not stupid. She knew full well what Nero had done. Right. So she was furious and she knew exactly who would have helped her help Nero do this. So Nero bestowed Locusta with pardons, lands, lavish gifts and condemned prisoners like any prisoners that he you know that he from any kind of crimes yeah sent them to her for experimentation on the with the poisons wow and then he also sent her pupils to study and basically set up a school for her nice but as we all know in 68 the roman senate tired of nero and he took his own life with a dagger instead of facing punishment so then the Senate turned its attention toward Locusta and without any kind of protection from the emperor, she was convicted with an execution sentence. Then urban legend takes over. So she was executed, yeah. like 100 percent executed. Yeah. Urban legend says she was raped by a giraffe. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was real common. <laughs> I think I read about that in the Bible. That was the thing. <laughs> Giraffe raping her rampant like, back in the day. Like I read about that all over the place. It says she was raped by a giraffe. But I highly doubt that. I'm just trying I'm to picture guessing. the apparatus she would have to be attached to for I, that to happen. I'm guessing she you was can't, a giraffe can't rape you when you're just I'm guessing um, walking she was, around I'm or guessing, even laying down. Even I'm if you're just sleeping was, in a giraffe field, or giraffe isn't gonna be able to could you imagine like a giraffe <laughs> with its legs all splayed out trying to get down to you? Put his giraffe penis in you. Like I'm guessing she was just plain old executed, like the old fashioned way. Giraffe rapings. <laughs> but the urban legend is that she was fucking, ex- you is know, that raped. An urban legend? What would you call that? That's a. That's Doesn't a, sound very urban. <laughs> <laughs> urban the Roman legend. The Roman legend <laughs> yeah. is that she was. The fucking 65 AD legend is that she was. <laughs> Giraffe rape. What a way to go. <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah, I was like, um, I read about it in so many places. I was like, giraffe rape. And then I like Yahoo Answers was like, was Locusta really raped by a giraffe? And then it's like, well, legend states. I'm like, OK. Rape we have no fucking giraffe. first of all, we have no way of knowing. Right. Second of all, she was not. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> that might have been a mode of execution back then. 
I don't think so. But there is no confirmed. But she was supposedly executed. And I'm guessing. Do you think a giraffe penis is? I don't. I mean, you can just go to the zoo and find out, I guess. I'm not going to go arouse giraffes at the zoo. I'll just look (laughs) them up online. Don't do that. Do I, have to take your, do I have to take your iPad away during my segments now? Giraffe penis size. Mm-mm. I know there's people listening who are like, I want to know how big a giraffe penis is. Here we go. Guess. Give me, give me a guess in inches. 14. 40. 40 <laughs> inches. <laughs> That's so big I almost puked. See, so you can see how that would result in, in death. It would actually result in death. It's rough. It truly would because you would yeah. rupture your insides. It would just straight up come out your mouth or your eye or wherever <laughs> wherever it pleased Jesus Christ it's around 40 inches long wow I guess I don't know how big a giraffe is <laughs> I do 14 I was like wow I feel bad for that giraffe <laughs> all giraffes are making fun of him and it's 14 inch dong maybe that's what you're born with <laughs> it's a little baby giraffe baby boy giraffe all right so before I get into my topic, I, I wanted to bring up something that I read, which is that DC, Warner Brothers and DC are no longer going to have an interconnected universe the way Marvel has the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Because this is, for, for what I've read, this is due to the success of Aquaman and due to the failure of Zack Snyder's version of a connected universe. Now, there's pros and cons to this. I mean, the cons are obviously that DC thinks that Aquaman is a good movie and that's what people want. They have sent that message now. We want subpar writing and shit characters who wear green Speedos. Permission to come aboard. <laughs> Permission to come aboard. Uh, uh, but the the upside is I was actually hoping for something like this because their version of an interconnected universe is fucking terrible. They don't know yeah. how to do it. So like they're, they're failing miserably. It would be different miserably. if you were good at it, I right. guess. So the, the idea... Again, and I've been pushing for this, maybe we get a Lobo movie. I didn't want the Lobo universe connected to the DC universe. And then they're making a Batman movie, and this really excites me because Batman's universe, I I love Batman and his rogues gallery in Gotham City. I hate when they bring anybody else into it because when once they bring in oh, I guess it makes superheroes, sense. it makes Batman look so fucking lame. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just no, no Superman. No Wonder Woman, no Green Lantern. Just let him have his crazy superpowered villains. But he's just a guy. But it makes sense then that they won't have everything be interconnected because they have like Joaquin Phoenix just hanging out in his like orange suit. And that's what they're doing. Yeah, Yeah. that's going to be a standalone thing. And this uh, Shazam movie. (laughs) And they could, you know, thread everything together if they wanted to. But I, I feel like. Maybe they should focus on that first. Just focus on maybe getting some solid movies out. They haven't done that yet. They haven't done it since the Dark Knight trilogy. That was the last time they did good movies. And then they stopped. They were like, we're done doing good movies. We want to make shit movies now. They were like, you know what? We don't want to do that anymore. Right. We're like, we're done. We tried. We 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 tried the good movies. We made a lot of money. People really liked it. We tried movies. We're going to try something different. Everybody just talked like this. (laughs) We leave our mouth open. Yeah, that part sucked. Christian Bale's Batman voice was terrible. Is terrible. Dude, and then I watched that Golden Globes where I heard Christian Bale talk like himself for the first time. And he's like, hello, mate. Oh, wait, I guess Everybody he's not. was really surprised. I guess he's not that. Australian. He's not Australian. It's <laughs> nobody like, seen him in a movie. Chim-chim-chim-chim-chim-chim-chim-chim-chim-chim-chim-chim-chim-chim-chim-chim-chim-chim-chim-chim-chim-chim-chim-chim-chim-chim-chim-chim-chim-chim
I've never I sworn seen him. in the prestige he did. OK, well, who the fuck saw that? Was that the prestige? There was two movies that came out at the same time and I always get them confused and they were both about music, uh, musician, magicians. OK, well, I don't I tend not to see I movies about magicians. That was really you would like it. It's really good. Oh, you I, would really like it. OK, it's Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale. Can't remember if he used his accent or not. In that. Hugh Jackman's Australian, right? So he's yeah. like, he's like, hello, mate. That's right. All the time. Throwing shrimps on Barbies. <laughs> he's like, he's like Foster's Australian for beer. <laughs> he's like, that's not a knife. <laughs> he's like, this, this is, is a, knife. a knife. Yeah. That's him. That's that's Hugh Jackman. 100% of the time. All the time. Whatever happened to that Crocodile Dundee movie? Did that come out? Well, Crocodile Dundee movie. With, with uh, Danny. What's, oh. What's his name? What's his, I always forget his last name. Is his name Danny, though? Danny, Danny. Is his name Danny? Danny McBride. Thank you. Yes, Danny McBride was doing a Crocodile Dundee movie with Chris Hemsworth, and or maybe it was the other Hemsworth, one of the Hemsworth. Liam. Liam. Yeah, one of those guys. Liam McCyrus. Yeah. Liam McMiley Cyrus. So anyway, yeah, the my whole the whole point of me saying all that though was maybe we'll get a Lobo movie. However, if it's if it's done by the current creative whoever whoever's overseeing the the uh, creatives over there in dc it'll probably be garbage but at least i'll get to see a lobo movie so that's the upside maybe because I, I, I would go see that no matter how bad the trailer looked no matter how terrible the writing even if the whole trailer he's just going awesome badass and you're gonna catch an ass whooping and that's the whole trailer permission, i'll still go to <laughs> and doing his coy flirty flirting with the sailors on the submarine Ugh. permission to come aboard I would go see that because I, I love Lobo I want to see a Lobo movie and I'm, I'm excited I'm actually excited for this Batman movie because it could be even though they're they're not going to have Ben Affleck anymore he was he was a really fantastic Batman I think people are starting to come around to that now wrong yeah you but you just don't like Ben Affleck so your opinion is so invalid have you seen his back tattoo not in the Batman movies I, I don't care about Ben Affleck the person I, I care about Batman he's a fantastic Batman I really think Matt Damon could have a better best friend. You do, but I do. I think that that's a thought I have. <laughs> I don't know that they're still best friends. Good. Good for Matt Damon. I'm pretty sure you know he's, what? he's best friends with Jimmy Kimmel now. Who, Matt Damon? Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know about Jimmy Kimmel either, though. But anyway, he, he, he's a great Batman. I hope they find another good Batman. And the, the idea of a Batman, I would like them to do a Batman universe. You know what? I think I could be Batman. I mean, in today's political climate, I think I would be a fine Batman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that the studios would go for that. Big yeah, time. I'm like five, three. Yeah, I'm female. Yeah, I'm exactly what you're looking for. In Batman. <laughs> That's yeah, they they would go for that. though. Yeah, like I'm gonna sell it. They, they, I'm going to reach out and this uh, Warner Brothers political they, agenda pushing and they make really good casting decisions. So I think I'm going to reach out and see if they're <laughs> interested. Uh, they haven't done terrible with casting. Like I, I haven't had an issue with their casting. I'm middle it's aged. The writing, the writing that is terrible. I mean, what more could you want from me? I'm old. I've got a mom bod. Like, yeah. I'd I'd see that. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're my husband. You better want to see that. Well, yeah, that's the only reason. (laughs) I I don't have any interest otherwise. All right. So moving on. Oh, but you'll see Ben Affleck. Okay. Yeah, Ben Affleck's a really good Batman. Affleck. So this week, I'm going to talk to you guys about The Punisher you might already know this, but the Punisher season two hit Netflix this weekend. I have absorbed all of it. I might go into spoilers. I'm going to try not to. 
I will try to remember to say spoiler alert if I do. However, I'm going to talk mostly about the character's comic book origins. So, character of the Punisher was created by writer Jerry Conway and artist John Romita Sr. and Ross Andrew. And Stan Lee provided the name. He made his first appearance in Amazing Spider-Man number 129 with a cover date of February 1974. Wow, I didn't know that was that old. He's been around. I don't know. He felt very 90s to me. Well, that's he got popular in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, he feels that's 90s. That's really when people start and really knew who the Punisher was. All right. So as I stated, he, he was created uh, in part by Jerry Conway. He was the then writer of The Amazing Spider-Man, and he was inspired by uh, a character called The Executioner, which was a popular book series created by an author named Don Pendleton in which a Vietnam veteran named Mac Bolin becomes a serial killer of criminals after the mafia-related deaths of his family. So inspired by, stolen from, (laughs) however you want to... Inspired by... But you could do that back then. Completely plagiarized. Because you didn't have the internet, you didn't have this constant awareness of all media. So if you wholesale lifted an idea from a book and put it in a comic book, it wasn't the same audience back then, you know? Did people really... I mean, I guess. They really thought they would never get found out. Yeah. Or they, they I'm guessing that the mindset of a comic book writer back then was like, I'm writing funny books. No one cares. And they were right. You like know, they weren't popular books. media back then. Funny books. So that's how that's what people would call them. That's how that's how they they, they looked at them. Jesus H. So in an interview from 1987, Jerry Conway stated, I was fascinated by the Don Pendleton executioner character, which was fairly popular at the time. And I wanted to do something that was inspired by that, although not to my mind, a copy of it. And while I was doing the Jackal storyline, the Jackal is the, the storyline in the Spider-Man that the Punisher first appears in. The opportunity came for a character who would be used by the Jackal to make Spider-Man's life miserable. The Punisher seemed to fit. So Conway also helped design his costume. He recalled in 2002, in the 70s, when I was writing comics at DC and Marvel, I made it a practice to sketch my own ideas for the costumes of new characters, heroes and villains, which I offered to the artists as a crude suggestion representing the image I had in mind. I had done that with the Punisher at Marvel. So he had drawn the character with a tiny death's head skull on one of his like a like a alligator logo, basically from a Ralph Lauren polo shirt. Um, that's Lacoste, but okay. What's that? That's Lacoste, but okay. I don't know who that is. I, I don't know brands. Because <laughs> I, really. I hate polo shirts. I think you know that. Then Marvel's art director at the time, John Romita Sr., he took the basic design, blew the skull up to a huge size, taking up most of the character's chest, creating what we know as the modern Punisher logo symbol. So, and then the, the penciler at the time, or artist, Ross Andrew was the first artist to actually draw the character for, for publication. So I'm going to read this. Even Everybody knows this stuff already, but it's just kind of funny to read exactly what the Punisher is when you're trying to explain it to someone who has no idea who the Punisher is. This is the, the Wikipedia description. Okay. The character is an Italian-American vigilante who employs murder, kidnapping, extortion, coercion, threats of violence, and torture in his campaign against crime. Why does <laughs> the fact that he's Italian have anything to do with it? Well, it's just a description. Okay. Let's I mean, see. He's, 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 even though he's Frank Castle... Initially, it was like Frank Castiglione. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and then it goes into, you know, driven by the death of his wife and his children. I think everybody probably knows the Punisher origin the same as they know the Batman origin and the Spider-Man origin. So that's, but that's, that's pretty much held up except for in one of the movies where they, they kind of changed it up a little bit. 
but his wife and his kids got killed. He's a former Marine, very skilled, hand-to-hand combat, guerrilla warfare, marksmanship, all that kind of stuff. So, all right. So at the time, the Punisher's brutal nature, willingness to kill, made him somewhat novel uh, comic book character back in the the 70s. So during that time, he was also inspired by movies I read. And even though Conway doesn't say that, but like the Charles Bronson. who was inspired by movies? The the Punisher, like the, the character. Okay. Uh, because uh, the Death Wish movies were, were big, or the first one. So American cinema was kind of into the these crime films or, or revenge films, basically. So that, that was another thing that, that helped, helped him get some popularity. So by the late 1980s, the Punisher was part of a whole wave of psychologically troubled anti-hero types. Wolverine was getting popular. So at the height of his popularity, he was featured in four monthly publications. He had four, and I remember this era, he, he had four comics that came out every month. He had The Punisher. Oh, I was like, I was thinking like Teen Beat. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I was had, like, huh? He had four titles at the same time now this wasn't uncommon for you know spider-man and batman i remember batman had four titles at one point batman just has two now spider-man typically has two going at any given time and then most characters just have one and maybe the occasional miniseries but he had four series very popular so he had the punisher he had the punisher war journal the punisher war zone and the punisher armory so are they all written by different people when yeah they have that different creative stuff? teams and some t- and they typically have their own stories unless they decided to do a crossover and they would do crossovers in comics to inspire you to buy titles you might not be buying so you could get the full story. Jesus. Yeah. Like I remember the Suicide Run crossover That's... where you had to be buying War Journal and War Zone. And, That's and the... vertical integration. Yeah. So his first self-titled series didn't debut until late 1985 with a January 1986 cover date. So even though he was created in 1974, he didn't actually get his own comic until over 10 years later. And that's this is probably when most people became familiar with him. So a new editor at the time named Carl Potts was looking for projects. So writer Stephen Grant and artist Mike Zeck pitched a Punisher miniseries to him and Potts accepted it over much objection from Marvel management who told him that he bore full responsibility for it. So that was a five issue miniseries. It was very popular. And I thought that was, that was the first thing I ever read of the Punisher or saw. And I love Mike Zeck's art. And it's also so very when 80s. You, when you, Accept full responsibility, then you also accept full credit. So what happened yep. to that guy? Uh, didn't it didn't say? <laughs> I'm sure it was a lot Did of he become patting on the back? Yeah, and Did everything. But yeah, he, he had a promotion. <laughs> so uh, an ongoing series, also titled The Punisher, premiered the next year. Uh, it was initially written by Mike Barron and artist Klaus Jansen. Klaus, Klaus. Jansen. Yeah, Klaus is a. He's mostly known for his Batman artwork, I would say. Yeah, that's what I know him for. Yeah, he did a lot. I'm of always Bat- like Klaus of the Batman <laughs> artwork. You do. You say that a lot. I do. I'm always talking about Klaus. So his ongoing series ran for 104 issues from July 1987 until July of 1995. And spun off the other series, the Punisher War Journal, Punisher War Zone. And then that Punisher magazine, which was a black and white comics magazine that ran for 16 issues from 89 to 1990. Yeah. So, uh, but then in 1995, all, all of his comics got canceled. 
because of, due to dwindling sales. All oh. of them. They they quickly rebooted. I mean, but initially that that was that was it for the Punisher at the time. Initially they were like, "Fuck you." So I'm gonna I'm gonna glance. So I'm not gonna touch on a bunch of. There's a whole bunch of series, but I'm gonna get right into when Garth Ennis came aboard to start writing it, which wasn't until April of 2000. And I've spoken about Garth Ennis before. He's one of my favorite writers, creators. So, and the up in from that time, from like 95 until 2000, Punisher had, you know, different writers. It was an on again, off again title, you know, rebooting, canceling, restarting, all that stuff. Cause it just wasn't popular until Garth Ennis came aboard when Marvel was doing their Marvel Knights imprint. Yeah. So bringing him aboard revived the character's popularity. Did an ongoing... He did a 12-issue miniseries that went from uh, April of 2000 to March 2001. And then he followed up with an ongoing series of 37 issues from August 2001 to February of 2004, primarily Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon working on that. And that's the same team that worked on the Punisher... Or no, I'm sorry, the, the Preacher comics over at... Uh, the Vertigo. I've talked about Preacher before. The same artist, same, same writer. And then in 2004, he got to write The Punisher under Marvel's Max imprint, which the Max imprint was... That's the adult one. Yes, the mature readers thing, which was really cool. So he returned the character to his lone vigilante roots. Now, a lot of this, you know, comic book or 90s Punisher was very... It's just it's very comic book is it it very lightweight, despite the dark nature of the character. He had a sidekick named Microchip who would provide him with high tech weaponry and modified vans and things like that. Was that like that guy? So he in was season? they used him in the Punisher season one. I was going to say, is that the guy in season one? Yeah, but it, he was more he was literally a sidekick. He was just always he was the guy in the chair for, for the Punisher, basically. And all kinds of things happened. And Punisher had to go on the run at one point. This was one of my favorites that nobody ever speaks about. So he had to change his identity. So he had plastic surgery and he became a black man for a while. So that's a thing that happened in the comics that nobody wants to remember or talk about. But I remember, (laughs) I remember when that happened. Weird that nobody wants to talk about that. (laughs) No one wants to talk about that. So yeah, he, he Punisher season three on Netflix where, uh, he literally pulled a, Smith uh, will play fucking, he the Punisher. A, he pulled a C. Thomas Howell from Soul Man. And Jesus Christ. <laughs> back, no. back when that was acceptable. All right. So, yeah, Ennis took him back to his lone vigilante roots. And I remember the very first arc, the very first six issue arc of the back series. At the end, he puts a shotgun in Microchip's mouth and blows his fucking head off. Like he's done with Microchip. Like that's Garth Ennis's take on that whole thing that's not that's That's, not how he does things i don't he ended up killing microchip and the only reason the reason he did it is because microchip wanted he was he was basically basically somebody wanted to hire the punisher and by somebody i mean it was it was the u.s government wanted to hire him for like a covert you know assassination type thing so microchip put him in touch put them in touch with the punisher and punisher didn't like that so punisher killed microchip as well that's one way to handle so that. they they changed his costume of his costume before, in, in, especially in the in the early 90s. He had the black and the skull, but he also had these white boots hmm. and white. Oh, gloves I've seen that. Went I've up to that. his elbows. Yeah. Yeah. A little, little cheesy, very, very costumey, you know, so he he went more for a it, as I mentioned before, if you may or may not remember, Garth Ennis doesn't like superheroes. So he went with 
he he wore like BDU combat pants and combat boots, trench coat, and you know Punisher skull on his shirt. And that and that that was that was the Punisher basically. Yeah, you wore that on Halloween. Two Halloweens, I did that. That's oh. the easiest and best costume because there's no mask. You painted your face that one year. I did paint my face because because I, I got that from one of the comics when he when he painted the skull on his face. That was pretty cool. But you don't have to, you know. That's not essential to to be the Punisher for Halloween. You don't have to wear a mask. It's an easy costume. So now I was just going to touch on so the the some of the movies in 1989. There was a Punisher movie released starring Dolph Lundgren. And I showed you a little bit of that. Yeah. What did you think of what you saw? Were you paying attention at all? I only really saw the one scene where they had somebody. I don't even know who because I wasn't paying. That's how little attention I was paying. Um, They had somebody on like one of those stretcher machines like from Princess Bride. (laughs) Yes. And I was like, why is there a... Why is there a stretching machine from Princess Bride in this movie? And then that's that's when I left the room because it was so stupid. So this was a very low budget movie. It had a nine million dollar budget. It was made in Australia. It was directed by another shrimp on the Bobby. Uh, a film editor named Mark Goldblatt was the director who actually worked on RoboCop as one of the uh, editors of, of the RoboCop movie. So he was a director. It actually released in 1989, but however, it didn't come out in the United States until April of 1991, which explains why I didn't see it till I probably saw it in 92 or 93 whenever it actually hit. I don't think it actually played in theaters over here. I think it was a straight to, to video release. But well, it sounds like it was an Australian movie. It wasn't even a here movie. But it was so it was made over there, starred Dolph Lundgren. And even at the time, it's funny. You watch it now and it's bad. And I just want people to know. It was bad then, too. It wasn't one of those movies that was like, oh, this is a really good movie. It just got dated with time. No, it was bad. Even even as some as a teenager seeing it, it was like, oh, this is even as good as a Steven Seagal movie. This is bad. And then the most upsetting thing for me at the time was the fact that he never had the skull on his shirt ever, which is something they they do. They don't do a lot in the the Netflix series either. You don't see a lot of the skull. I looked at the TV when you were watching it and he had a skull on his fucking shirt. Or he yeah. had a, he, he sometimes, had, yeah. but most of the time, no. But you didn't watch a lot of it either. No, I was. So that movie's a fun watch, stuff. though. It's a short movie. It's not good, but it's it's Dolph Lundgren, and it's uh, there, there's no microchip. It's got a, it, I don't know. There's no villains from the comics in it or anything like that. It's got its own thing going on, but it's mostly just a very low budget '80s action movie along the lines of wanting to be like a Commando. Or like a Van Damme or Steven Seagal movie is what it is. So then they tried again in 2004 with a movie directed by Jonathan Hensley starring Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane was a great Punisher. And they also developed one of the great Punisher skulls that people still use. That's one of the most popular Punisher skull designs. And then the military and police forces have co-opted it which is disturbing to me because the whole idea of the Punisher is that he works outside the law. Right. So the fact that police and military are inspired by it, a little scary. Because <laughs> they should not be working outside no, the law. No. In the comics, he's always hunted by these people. They're the opposite right. of who should be. A lot of unlicensed use of the Punisher skull. 
I see it all everywhere. Yeah, and it, you see it, it with got, a different like, name brand flags on it. Yes, and, and that's shit. not that's not licensed. It yeah. is it is used by by a lot of people who make like guns and ammo and, and yeah. stuff for like, tactical gear in general. Yeah. They use that and they sell stickers and all this stuff and I see they'll put their lot. own brand on it. And sh- it's like the Calvin pissing on things. Like, yeah. how do you just lift something like that? Because that's not that I'm guaranteed that was never authorized by Bill Watterson. Right. You know, like I, they just lifted it and used it. And that was that. They were like, yeah, mine now. Yeah. We're, we're going to use this. We like it. We we're going to use shit. this. Fuck copyright law. It's we're going to use this pissing on Ford on a Ford right. logo. And that's good. We like that. And. Yeah, that's going to be our thing. So in this Punisher movie, which, again, I really like Thomas Jane as the Punisher. However, they changed his whole origin. What I, I kind of love it because it's, it's so absurd because you don't really need much impetus to to uh, to go crazy after your family's killed. Right. I don't feel like you if, you're, if you're, your wife and your kids are murdered. I feel like that's it. Like, yeah, you don't done. need to, in this movie, though. They went a little over the top and. They killed everyone at a family reunion. <laughs> yeah, everyone. Like his whole any anybody like his fifth cousin know. is dead. I'll be honest, that might have called me right back down. <laughs> right, like leveled me right back out, and I was like, that made it easier to cope. <laughs> Got to take the good with the bad. Right. So take the good, you take the bad. Is my dog still here? <laughs> like my dogs were at home, so it's safe. See, and John Wick, perfect example. You don't need a lot of motivation to push no, somebody over the edge. You don't, you don't you need really to don't. murder their entire extended family. So that was absurd. John Travolta was the bad guy. It had a few decent scenes, and it wasn't very good. They they lifted one scene wholesale from the comics, which was his fight with the Russian, who was played by a wrestler. I can't remember his name. A really tall wrestler that you used to like. He had, like, three names. But, Is it Triple H? No, he had, like, three names, not three letters. <laughs> uh, I mean, you said three, so I said see, triple. see if I could find his find his name in this uh, Kevin Nash I guess he didn't have three names I lied I'm sorry I misremembered Kevin Nash he's tall though right he's a big tall guy yeah yeah um, he said he had three names I'm sorry I thought he I did. said triple H yeah and you said makes no sense. it makes more three. sense yeah <laughs> I was closer than you were yeah but did he hit Kevin Nash did he have any kind of nickname big sexy I was gonna say that I was thinking, I was like, big say. I'm like, that can't be right. <laughs> so I didn't say it. I was like, that can't be right. <laughs> so he did have three names. Kevin, Big Sexy, Nash. Well, there, I, I got it right. There. That's four. That's four words. It's three names. Big right. and sexy are not individual names. All right. <laughs> big we're, Sexy is one name, two well, words. All right, we're done here. Yeah. I'm out. I'm tapping out. All right, and then in, what year was that that, that came out? Oh, shit. I lost my fucking tab. Uh, I don't know. I want to say like 2012, maybe. I did like Kevin Nash. <laughs> What's that? I did like Kevin Nash. You did like? Okay, I so, knew it. I, knew for, put, I mean, he's all Chris Jericho. <laughs> we got to go through your, your pun or what? What? No, your wrestling. Your list of wrestlers that you would bang. I mean, I think we're getting out of control now. Like, <laughs> Everybody calm down. Was Chris Benoit on that list? No. No? Never. In a million years. And not just because he murdered his family. And I thought you were going to say not just because he was Canadian, but. That too. <laughs> not just because he was a tiny, angry Canadian. Or murder. 
God, dude killed his wife and kid. And then he like hung himself, right? Was yeah. That, was that and then the he deal? killed himself. All right, sorry. All right, I said 2012 was 2008. Punisher War Zone with Ray Stevenson as the Punisher. I like this movie. This is not a good movie. I like this movie, though. Is that the movie you were just watching? Yeah, there, there are scenes in this movie that are very, very Punisher, and I enjoy them. Overall, though, the movie itself, not so good. <laughs> not so good. Things I like about the movie. The Punisher is wearing some fucking ballistic fucking armor, right? Which makes sense for what he's trying to do. He He's wearing some heavy-duty gear so he can go in and shoot people, right? Yeah, it's normally what you would wear. It has a lot of dark humor. Super violent. It has Jigsaw as the villain, and, and Jigsaw is uh, introduced at the end of season one of the Netflix Punisher and is, is in season two. And my issue with Jigsaw in the Punisher Netflix series is after, if you've seen the last episode of season one, you see how it becomes Jigsaw. And then it's season two. And let me explain Jigsaw. His face is all cut up and it's a patchwork. It's disgusting. Yeah. If you saw um, the war, what's it called? War room? War zone? <laughs> what's it war, called? War zone. <laughs> like, war zone. If you saw that. That's a uh, good Jigsaw that's, makeup. Like it's it's hard to look at. I don't know if it's good. It's very hard to look at. It's, it's almost too much. It's not almost. It, is it too much? Definitely too much. It's like it's what's that? What's that serial? What's that? What's that serial killer's name? Oh, uh, Ed Gein. Yeah, it's like one of those people masks <laughs> where it looks like they just sewed the skin back together. Like it's yeah. like. It's like the first episode of Death Clock where you're sewn back together wrong. Yeah. It's like that. Like the song at the end. Yeah. It's that. It's it's but it's it's true to the comics. It's disturbing. And instead in Netflix we get a guy with some sexy little marks on his face. The chicks are probably just like, oh, the he's guy, got some little scars. The guy on the Netflix and I didn't the Netflix. Um, but uh I didn't watch I didn't sit and watch it with Sean because I was trying to do work, so I had earbuds in most of the time. And but I did see a couple things here and there. And like, you know how if you watch Game of Thrones, like Tyrion Lannister is supposed to be grotesquely hideous. Like his nose is supposed to be cut off. And all if that. you've read the books, if you read the books, I did not but read the books. But if you've seen the show, he's got like that itty bitty cut on scar his yeah. on his face. It kind of goes over his nose and over the one side of his face. Right. That's what Jigsaw looks like. Yeah, he, he just, got a little bit. Of, he got cut on a little bit, and his skin's a little red from where he got cut on. And, and they say that he's had reconstructive surgery. However, when you saw what happened to him at this end of season one, reconstructive surgery wasn't going to put him back together like that. So I, that was a real big cop out for me. Yeah, all you could like when you see that War Room movie. What's it, War Zone? Yes, War Zone. It's like you. All you can hear is Death Clock singing "Zone Back Together Wrong." <laughs> That's all you hear. He looks. He, he's hard to look at, which is good. And then you can see the chef with his thumb sewn on backwards, just giving you the thumbs up. <laughs> so that was directed by Lexi Alexander, which I don't know what else she has done. Oh, is that a woman? Yeah, she directed oh. that. Um, produced by Gail Ann Hurd. Lots of women involved in the Punisher. Women like the Punisher. That war zone? Yes. 
the war zone. That movie. is so brutal. Yeah, it's a it's the most brutal uh, movie for sure. But anyway, like I said, there's elements in that movie I really really like where they really get the character right, but it's also it's it's a very much a B movie, but it's fun. It's a fun movie to watch. You're it's very forgettable except for certain scenes. There's some really good, really. There's probably like three really good moments in that movie that will stay with you even if you don't remember anything about the rest of the movie. And then so then we have the 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 Netflix series which I enjoy. I like it. However, the Netflix series suffers from the same thing I I think all the Marvel Netflix series suffer from, which is decompression where they feel the need to fill out 13 episodes when they only have about 8 to 10 episodes worth of actual material. So what they do is they flesh out every fucking character's background to an extent that and you're just like I don't care. I don't care about her background, I don't care about his background. And, but, and they never go into Frank's teenage or childhood years, which is weird because Garth Ennis did that and he had a really interesting take on it. But they never do that. They never go any yeah. further back than his military years. But it, like I said, Ennis had a really cool take on it that explained a lot about the Punisher. And then instead they go into all these. It's, it's good to have, you know, deep motivated villains. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, we, we don't need. 20 minutes of backstory for each fucking character that shows up in the in in the series. The other issue I have with the Netflix series is in the comics, the Punisher is very, very strategic because of his military training. And he and because he's he's one guy, he's much more careful than the Punisher on Netflix, who is very hot headed, who puts himself in very stupid situations. My issue with the Punisher on Netflix is that he has Christian Bale Batman voice. He does do talks that. like this. He doesn't sound as bad as Christian. Christian Bale sounds no, hoarse. Christian Bale sounds like Yeah, this. he sounds hoarse. He sounds like his he's trying to catch his, his his breath or it's something. It's just very it's like, like he, he's trying to he's trying to summon some kind of voice so you can actually hear him is what he sounds like. like my he's issue sick. is laryngitis. If they continue to talk like that, they're going to get calluses on the vocal cords and they're going to damage their voices permanently. Yeah, tell that to the metal singers. How do you think there's ways around that? Yeah, and it's it. I'm sure it involves not talking a lot of the times and like when they're not on stage yeah. and hot drinks and a lot of vocal yeah. rest. I mean, there's yeah. there's stuff that they have to do to preserve their vo- voice. Yeah. And these guys, these people on these TV shows, they're only on these for, you know, a couple weeks, months. Metal singers do it for years and they're OK. So I'm I'm not worried about okay. them. Yeah, they're okay. They're fine. They sound fine. Oh, they don't. They didn't sound. They don't sound fine when I hear them. <laughs> they sound fine. No, they don't. They sound good. No, they don't. That's the last. That is not a word I would use to describe how metal singers sound. So while I would say the the Netflix series probably has ha, has some really good Punisher moments as well, it, it also there still hasn't been a, an ac, a super accurate Garth Ennis style portrayal of the Punisher in TV or film. And that's a little off-putting for me because Punisher is in my top 10 comic book characters as then well. Then write a treatment. So write one for the Punisher. Dude, it, no, it already exists. It's the Garth Ennis Max series. It exists. They're just not using it. I'm not going to write anything better than Garth Ennis, what he did. If you read that, it's like probably about 60 issues of the Punisher. And it's it's go, and he goes into everything. He's got a series called, he's got a four-issue series called Born. And it's all about him in Vietnam and how his experience, who he was in the military and what he did. And in that one, they almost imply like a supernatural kind of thing where he almost makes a deal with the devil so he can keep killing even after Vietnam's over. This is before his wife and kids are dead or anything. But he just has like a bloodlust about him that Garth Ennis has established 
which I like. He just he's not he's not evil or anything, but he 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 likes being in the military. He likes what he's doing and he feels the need to rectify situations as quickly as possible. Like that's that's just in him. So there's a thing that I read that said that being passionate about what you're doing or yeah. what you're when you're like on about. Yeah. Is more valuable than a graduate degree. Yeah. In the topic. And that's why I feel like you on ND's like treatments or screenplays or things like that. That's why yeah. I feel like you are. Like, I feel like you should get more involved in shit like this. No, I, I would like to. <laughs> then maybe you should do that. Um, All right. Anything else on, on your Punisher? <laughs> you really hate this topic. But yeah, I do have more. Oh, do you? So yeah. I, I was just going to go a little bit more about his the Garth Ennis history, too, is he he went into his, his childhood a little bit and he had he didn't have bad parents or anything. He had a mom and a dad. His dad wasn't abusive or anything. It wasn't the typical abusive dad storyline. Instead, he grew up in a rough neighborhood. And while he himself wasn't really a victim of anything, he witnessed a lot of characters in the neighborhood and. And I'm going to butcher this summary badly because I haven't read this story in years. But he there was a story he wrote called The the Tiger. And it's kind of based on the poem, The Tiger. But he Frank Castle as a kid was very much into poetry and a quiet kid and everything like that. Well, this one girl, uh, this this one girl in his neighborhood ended up getting like date raped or something. And her brother. One girl. Well, <laughs> one girl that he knew. OK. One girl that he, he knew. And I, don't, I can't remember if he was like really good friends with the girl herself or if it was like her sister or something. But her brother came home on on furlough from the military and he he would talk to Frank and he, he, he really liked him. And that that was kind of his influence to get into the military. He liked that, that guy was good to him. And then the guy they, they knew the guy that it did that to her. And he was connected with, you know, some some low level mafia mobster types or whatever. And. For some reason, this guy ended up burning to death. He got set on fire and nobody knows who did it. But Frank knows who did it. It wasn't Frank. It was that, that girl's brother who did it. And he just um, I can't remember. I think he witnessed it and he saw the way the guy who, who set the fire, how casually he did it and just watched in in silence. And I that, I, that I mean, was like inspiration for it. I thought that was a cool a cool history for the Punisher and because they usually do that where, you know, the kid is beat and then, you know, he sees his mom get punched and then he lunges at his dad or something. You know what I mean? It's always that kind of thing. And I thought this was a, a, a lot like, cooler take like on a, it. Like a fucking Bates Motel, Norman Bates. Yeah. That, shit. That's that's like such a common writing trope. And I thought this was a lot more interesting. He was he was more inspired by by these yeah, events and they, like, even though they weren't like look at that vengeance <laughs> look at look at this guy look at how peaceful he looks <laughs> yeah it, really good stuff garth Ennis was fucking great and he wrote the punisher's death story too and it was it, like he, punisher dies it, i mean it's called the end it, like it's it's some post-apocalyptic nuclear post-nuclear thing he's like one of the last people alive and he's still going after people, even though he's like one of the <laughs> last like, people. He's like the last he's person like, alive. He's like, I'm going to find the other last like person. He's irradiated and fucking 80 years old. And he's still fucking going after people. <laughs> 80 years old. He's like, surely <laughs> there's someone here I can kill. <laughs> and then his version of he had a story called The Cell, which was his story of how Frank went after the, the, the people who killed his family. And it, that was again, that was really cool because in 
they they showed that in like uh, Daredevil season two and uh, when they introduced the front Punisher character and then um, season one of the Punisher, they showed a, a lot of that. But the version that Garth Ennis wrote was really cool. Because, Wait, so Daredevil is Marvel? Yeah. <laughs> I love your questions. <laughs> yes, Daredevil is Marvel. That's that's correct. Well, because Ben Affleck was Daredevil. Yeah, a long time ago. Long, long time ago. Back before Marvel had the rights back to, to Daredevil. That was when they were just licensing people to make films for them. But anyway, in, in the Garth But he's Ennis, also Batman. So see what my confusion comes in. Yes. So... He's also a piece of shit with a gross back tattoo. Anyway, he 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 knows that all these mobsters are running this prison that they're in. They're, there's like these old high level guys and he gets himself put in prison. And they think that they're going to take him out, but he did it intentionally and he has people in there. And so he ends up killing all these mob guys in prison and just decides to like ride it out. He's like, I'm I'm done now. He did, <laughs> like, I, what else am I going to do? He finally gets he gets because he's already killed the people that like actually did the hit, you know, all all the people involved, all the lower level people. Now he wants to go after the, the, the big guys. I feel like if I had like the special skills like Liam Neeson. Yeah. Or like Locusta. Yeah. I feel like if I got started. You wouldn't stop. I, <laughs> You'd be very passionate about your killing. Yeah, like I'm not. Yeah, they do a lot of this preachy stuff, too, in the Punisher Netflix series where they're always all of a sudden somebody will grow a conscience and worry about Frank killing people. And it's very weird. They, they, they go back and forth a lot. Yeah, I just don't feel like I could be. I'm not I'm not the kind of person who would be able to be like, oh. You know what I mean? Like if I had like those kind of skills. Yeah. Well, that's what they have PMCs for, you know, that you, you can join one of those. If that's what you're into. That's what you go do if you're out of the military. Oh, I don't know what a PMC is. So like cool. a private military where. Oh, where you can like go and like kill people. Like you're basically a mercenary. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what that'd be me. Yeah. Like I'd be like that sister Mary Margaret or whatever the fuck that thing is. What is that? Like wayward girls home. Oh, yeah. I'd be like in that. <laughs> would that be you and Deadpool? Yeah, it'd be me, Deadpool. And, <laughs> and you TJ would be Miller. dressed as Batman <laughs> and you would go out. I wouldn't be dressed as Batman. You said you would be the next Batman. <laughs> and then you could. Oh yeah, that's right. I'd be. <laughs> then you could I'd be do Batman. That. That's right. That's right. I'm Batman now. So that's pretty exciting. But I wouldn't be Batgirl or like whatever. I'd be. I'd be full on Batman. Yeah. Yeah. I picture you in the Michael Keaton costume. For oh some no, reason. I picture me more as like Lego Batman. I'd be like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> more as like. Well, that's based on the Michael Keaton Batman. Yeah, that's who I'd be. I'd be more like the Will Arnett Lego Batman. <laughs> That's more. That's Which more part, my aesthetic. I love Batman, but every time, and I love the Lego Batman movie. Like I, I think it's. I, I didn't like it the first time I saw it for whatever reason. I thought it was, I didn't think it was funny, but every time I've seen it since then, I, I love it. It's hilarious. Yeah. And I also think part of me can't help but think like this is the most accurate portrayal of Batman I've ever seen. <laughs> this is this is how it would actually be if right? you were. <laughs> this is how Bruce Wayne would actually be. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> That'd be me. Like me just waiting for my lobster thermidor. <laughs> right. I'm fucking laughing Watching, at Jerry Maguire. Right, cracking up at Jerry Maguire. Not understanding all the HDMI inputs on my TV, <laughs> trying to get to the right one. Just be a fool of yourself. Yeah. Like that'd be. That'd be me. I'd, that'd be more have my... A, have a merch gun. Yeah. I would be... I'd be like, oh, as I go to all my... <laughs> like, singing my song. And like, yeah, no, that'd be more me if I were... 
well, Batman. The, the I've read this somewhere. This has been said a million different ways, but and it is when you're a kid, you want to grow up and be Batman. As an adult, you realize you want to be the Punisher because it's just more realistic. As, as, no. No. I think. As a kid, you want to grow up and be Batman, and as an adult, you want to grow up and be Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I was going to say Thanos, but yeah, I, I see where you're going with that. That makes sense. You want to be rich. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be Batman, but not have to do any of the Batman stuff. You just want to, you just stop, you stop doing the Batman stuff. You just, <laughs> yeah, you just, just be rich. Yeah. Just do all the fun stuff You're like, why was he doing that? Like, stop that part. Yeah. Be like, shut it down. Uh, that's all I got. I'm, I'm finally done talking about the Punisher. So if you stuck with it this long, thank you. Thanks for listening. Sean's also got a Punisher tattoo. <laughs> yeah, it's the only comic book tattoo I have is the Punisher. I've liked the Punisher for a very long time, and it's it's a little frustrating for me to see them not quite get him exactly right when they've done the MCU has done so well with so many characters and just nailing them, and they're getting close with the Punisher. And you can see so a lot Marvel, of them here and there. So Marvel, if you're ready to get it right, give us a call. Sean or no, ready. just they already have. They own what they need. They own the source material they need. The Garth Ennis Max. I'm not line. saying that they don't. I'm just yeah. saying if they need somebody to consult on what to pull and where to pull it from, that they should reach out to you. Yes. And you can. And then I would immediately you say you need to understand your value and where it lies, so that you as can a story help. consultant. Yes. Maybe. You need so. to. That's what I'm trying to tell and you. And then I would immediately say, okay, well, first thing we're going to do is get in touch with Garth Ennis, and we're going to collaborate on this. And we're going to like, knock this shit I, out of the park. You're like, you're like, because I did a, I did a podcast episode on him. Perhaps you should listen to it. <laughs> right. Because that's the man. That that dude gets the Punisher better than any writer I've I've ever read that's that's written the Punisher. So that's it. That's all I got. So thanks for listening. Yeah, and uh, if you're outside of Ohio. You should know that as we record this, we're like under a snow ban. We like can't leave our house. <laughs> we have like 12 inches of snow outside. It's awesome. Yeah, we have so many inches of snow and we've had these reverse 911 calls telling us not to leave unless it's an extreme emergency. Yeah. So we're literally stuck inside. So Sean's going to edit this and the podcast episode will be up tomorrow. The whatever date tomorrow is 21st. <laughs> and yeah, thanks for sticking with us. We love, love you guys. guys. We love our patrons Aww. more. Do you see how? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you see how cute that was, but Sean's, Sean's being a little bit of a dick. But <laughs> all right. Anyway, love you guys. True facts. Bye. Right. True facts. There are, there are faves. You guys love you. Bye. <laughs>